Welcome to Sounds of the 70s with Gary and Rob. We are coming to you this week, like every damn week, from the, from, from the place they call the Winchester Building in the downtown metropolis area. The greatest building in the downtown metropolis area. <laughs> now, normally we'd go back and, and, and do that over. No, not this but time. But we don't edit because it's such a pain in the butt. <laughs> So <laughs> I don't even know what you said. You said, I don't forget it. Sorry, people. We got we got sidetracked. I uh, simply gave you some emphasis. <laughs> uh, we have a pretty good, not great show today. <laughs> I will admit, uh, and it has nothing to do with our featured album today, Rob, because oh today's album is the self-titled just... debut solo release from Teddy Pendergrass. Which it seems like I've been listening to for four weeks. <laughs> and if you were if you were an insider, you'd know what I'm talking about, but you're not, so nobody does. Um, the reason I am predicting that today's show will not be as great is that because two members of Sounds from the 70s are dating relatives of the owner and manager of the Winchester building, Mr. Winchester. Uh, Rob, as I have mentioned before, daughter. Is, is dating. No, <laughs> are you confused about who you're dating? You're dating Mr. Winchester's sister, Claudine, remember? Yeah, sister, daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As long as she's warm and huggable, who cares? <laughs> and it does kind of upset Winchester just a little. I think you just did by <laughs> by not even knowing that his between the difference between his sister and his daughter, which shows how much you care about her. Well, he can't raise the rent. <laughs> <laughs> and our producer, Uptown Mike, is mysteriously seeing a member of the Winchester family, which could be Mr. Winchester's wife. But we can't say yeah. because that would put uh, Uptown Mike in a lot of trouble and in turn put us in trouble about getting kicked out of the building. We're going to keep this building as long as we can because uh, after this, it's a cardboard box. After this, it's back to your mom's. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be honest, people. There's not a lot of choices we have. Um... <laughs> that would be delightful. Delightful. <laughs> And uh, I just want to say, because of all these kind of shenanigans going on, we have found that every time we try and book a rehearsal for this week, Mr. Winchester says he is spraying the building for cockroaches. <laughs> so I think that he means that the cockroaches are the two of you guys, Rob. <laughs> you and Mucktown Mike uh, invading his family and... Uh, Especially, especially probably Uptown Mike, who's, I'm not saying he's dating Mr. Winchester's wife, but yeah, there's probably sure another, looks, another word for it. Another word that won't get us kicked out. Yeah, we'll find it. Fornicating? No, that's a bad word. You can't go biblical and say he knows her. Doesn't make any sense these Does days. Does they use that in the biblical sense, like he knows yes, her? Yes, uh, he knew uh, the handmaiden, uh, he knew that means... Oh, so if I said, oh, yeah, Jacob, I know Jacob, they'd say, oh. oh. <laughs> no, you'd have to say, I knew Jacob while he's still alive. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> and now, uh, of course, stuck in the middle of this disgusting soap opera is your beloved host, 
who uh, has to take crap from Mr. Winchester every time I step into the building about how two of the sexual perverts that I work with. Isn't it a drag that has nothing to do with you and you get dragged in? I know. It, it seems funny, but when you're in the middle of it, it's not funny at all. It's not humorous at all. Um, so what do you say about it, all this, Rob? I say, by golly, um, we're just going to let it ride out the way it rides out and uh, deal with the consequences as they come because what's happening here is love. Love is the thing that will determine our fate, and uh, Winchester hates love. You have a you have a capacity to lull me into a sense of not caring what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but you speak eloquently. I do but that it's a everywhere. Very vo- it's a voice that makes me think. I wish I wouldn't have asked that question because I'm I don't care anymore. I'll be in the middle of a sentence, and people will just like stop listening to me and start talking about <laughs> something else. And this is not like just here it's like every social group that is is your voice yeah it is it's like oh man is he almost done because i don't care anymore um so my advice to you two morons is to keep the beans inside your jeans okay keep your stick on the ice keep your stick on the ice look forward don't look downward (laughs) because it causes me grief he doesn't talk to you two guys he talks to me and says why 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 do these guys do that and i how can i I stop them how can i stop them (laughs) and which one should i shoot first and it's like you shouldn't shoot any of them because unfortunately i need both yeah the rent the rent don't get paid if uh one of them's gone oh that's right he wouldn't get paid he has to find a way to uh, deal with this, which doesn't involve any lethal means. Lethal or legal? Mm. I didn't catch that. Lethal, lethal. Mm. I think he's a murderer at heart. You know what? I just want to say that I wrote this script, and you're you're like in very very little of it. And I, for some reason, when I drove to the Winchester Building today, I was very happy, thinking that. <laughs> Very little of you is in this script. <laughs> I know that sounds uh, cruel to our audience, but if you were in my position, you would feel the same way. No, I don't mind because I gotta, I gotta kind of warm up my brain a bit first. So <laughs> at about the fifty-two minute mark, you hit me. <laughs> you hit me with some ideas that will jog my uh, that thing that thinks brain, brain. Okay, we have two tidbits or anecdotes today that I have to get to. Mm. Okay, now. What are you looking at? Because you don't have the script. Stop freaking me out. <laughs> You're looking at it like you have a script, and you don't have the script. I, I have the script. I'm getting ready for part two of the show. Mm. You know what? That's the, what I call dedication. All right? Oh, thank you. No, not on your part, on my part for putting up with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, these two tidbits, these are items not worthy of their own segment on their own, but worth mentioning but maybe not listen to. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to do something for five minutes, audience, please do. But I feel that these have to be mentioned. First, oh, actually, this is important. I got to hear this. This actually is important. Listen, people. No, don't go away. Come back. First is, I went to my sister's house this last week, and she said to me that she hardly recognizes any of the names of the artists on our show. <laughs> and this kind of got under my skin a little bit. She didn't mean it in a in a bad way, but she just meant 
like maybe a lot of people do who listen, not a lot, but some people who listen to this show and are not real music fans, that they don't notice some of the lesser known artists. Now, this is important to me because, and Rob, because this is why we started the show. Now, this show primarily exists to showcase artists and albums that did not get that much attention in the 70s, either rightly or wrong. You know, whether yeah. it's a bad album or a good album, we don't, we, we can't always do... Let's review uh, the hits. Yeah. Well, no, well, we can't always do, uh, this album is overlooked and it's oh, we like mm. it. We also do albums like this album is overlooked and by God, it should be. <laughs> you know, that's really the aim of this show. Now, of course, mixed up in that is the popular albums because we also love the popular albums. But if we did albums that everybody knew and loved, it would be one hell of a boring show because we'd say, oh, Some Girls, Rolling Stones, great yeah. classic album. What do you think, Rob? Great classic album. Thank well, you. I had all my thoughts on that album about 25 years ago, and I've long since forgotten. <laughs> I wonder if I can recapture them. <laughs> so Exactly. So. This is not a show that looks at or reviews albums or artists that everybody knows because what is the point in that? Like I prefer being surprised to two thirds to three quarters of the time. There you go. Definitely. Um everybody knows the Rolling Stones and they either love or dislike pretty much the same albums. We'd be saying the same things in, in about their catalog of albums. That everybody else would probably say so uh it's a kind of a waste of time to do albums all the time from these artists that everybody knows about and we do it we would do it every week i wouldn't listen to it and i'm a i'm a huge music fan so this is mainly about albums that we would like you to listen to or would like you to avoid that you don't know about in the 70s um it kind of like education it is it is a on uh screw you rob <laughs> it is an entertaining education that's the word i was looking for it's an entertaining education it's not like pouring over books we try to we try to uh be entertaining and informed this is not probably for the casual music fan this show but it is for the fan that would actually listen to for an hour about a particular album or something. Uh, and so if, if you don't like the artist, like we, we really want you to, if, even if you are a casual music fan, to still, if you can, listen every week to the albums you have no idea what they are or who the artist is. Because... What we say might make you say, oh, that actually is what I, is the kind of music I like, or what they're talking about is what I like. And then you listen to it. And it may even enrich your life. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if we could play the music on the show? That'd be awesome. Why do you have to bring that up? You're bumming me out. We don't live in that kind of world, do we? We don't, we don't live in a world where, where people, can just, people can just listen to music streaming and, and for free or anything. <laughs> You know? <laughs> we don't live in a world where you can just put on a, an album and listen to it for free. Oh, that's right. We do. <laughs> but we can't do it here. <laughs> um, so that's my point about that. On a lighter note, my second tidbit. Oh, you're going to like this. 
I don't know. I found this out this week. I'm very angry. And this is about the beloved Sammy Maudlin sketch. Oh. From one of our favorite shows of love all time. Sammy. SCTV. Love Sammy. <clears throat> love William B. William. Now, that's what the topic is. Now. No. People who know SCTV like we do know that the Sammy Maudlin show was based on the Sammy Davis show that was on the air at the time between, I think, 1974 and 76, something around there. And that's why Sammy Maudlin is called Sammy after Sammy Davis. <laughs> now, I've seen a clip just this last couple of weeks of this of the, the Sammy, Sammy Davis, Davis show. show. And yes, it is much like the Sam, Sammy uh, Maudlin show where whatever you say is absolutely hilarious and everybody's <laughs> calling you a legend even though you may be like uh buddy hackett <laughs> and i i the the reason for the sammy modern show sketch is that the sctv guys were watching this and the ladies and they they said you know we hate this type of show where everybody just just syncophants to everybody else and, and just you know oh my god it's that's so funny just a big back patting praise exchanging let's have an excuse to clap i bet the audience's hands were tired and sore <laughs> they're like oh why can't this be gone my hands. <laughs> so one of the things is that of course we knew that Sammy Maudlin was, of course, supposed to be the Sammy Davis character because his name was Sammy. And Maudlin was actually, I forgot. I looked up Maudlin. The word means kind of giving praise in a very superficial way. Um, William B. William, who I just love on the show, actually is based on a real character. No. Who was actually the sidekick on Sammy for Sammy Davis. Davis's show. <laughs> and took his name. William I was B. just William. wondering about that because I was kind of <laughs> exchanging the two in my mind. Sammy Davis I have not seen, but if it's like Sammy Model, I can get a mental picture. But William B. William to Sammy Davis? <laughs> I can't get a mental picture. So, yeah, they actually took, like, the William, who I've never seen. He, I even tried looking for his picture on the internet, and I couldn't find it. But uh, William B. William was an announcer, and he was on a, he was a sidekick for quite a few shows. Seems to be a mysterious figure. I mean, he's gone now, unfortunately. But he was an actual character, and he was based, John Candy's character of William B. William was based on him. And I, it just blew me out of the water because we've been following <laughs> SCTV probably since the late 70s at least. And I never knew that. I never knew there was actually I thought it was an amalgamation of other talk shows. So did I. I didn't pin it to anyone. So did I, yeah. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't know, for me and Rob, that, that brings joy to us. For you guys, it's probably just get on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your five minutes is up. You can come back now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We indulged ourselves enough. You know what? I have to tell you, Rob. I guess that was our 70s memory. Oh, I have it. Oh, yeah. oh. Are we doing a 70s memory today? Uh, hold on. I do have a 70s memory. I didn't know how oh, much time we okay. had. I didn't know how much time if we could fit that Oh, yeah. In. Well, that might be it. But first, we have to do something that I don't like to do, but we do it every week because it's email. Email. I love email. Ready for the new song? Email is the greatest thing since Apple Pie. What if you don't like apple pie? Email is the greatest <laughs> thing since cherry pie. 
I'm, silence. I won't, <laughs> I won't pursue this anymore. There was uh, <laughs> uh, a distinct, I don't want to touch that line by Rob. I don't like pie. <laughs> uh, for all of you who are looking for an entendre on that, I love pie. <laughs> and because Rob says he's not a pie man, does not go over to his business partner. Okay. You like to eat pie? I don't like to eat pie. So what do you like? Do you like meat? <laughs> do you, are you more of a meat person? I would say the three basic food groups are bread, meat, and cheese. Oh, sausage? <laughs> Any kind of meat. <laughs> okay, this is going off the rails really quick. Uh, so, Uptown Mike wants Uptown Mike wants me to read this week's email because the question is for Ooh, you, Rob. I don't answer questions. I know. That's why this is cool. I'm a conundrum. It's always you given the job of reading it because you don't do a heck of a lot on the show, yeah. and then I answer it. Well, I guess I've got some fans, and uh, no, 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 it's, it's, it has pleased. nothing to do with fans, and I don't know if you have any. Pleased with what I've been doing? I think it's a pity. So, anyways, no, no. So this week's e uh, email email pity question. Guys, pity. <laughs> email pity question. <laughs> uh, oh, and that's even the first thing uh, is from Eddie R. It is. Fuck that bullshit, Eddie R. Uh, people are, you know what? People are giving their last names now. Eddie or R. not giving their last names now because we're not giving away prizes anymore. So people like Eddie fucking R. Oh. <laughs> is not giving his last name, thinking he's some sort of hotshot. Well, you know what? We were going to give a prize away this week for email. Uh, but now we're not going to because we can't find you, Eddie R. Eddie, where are you, Eddie R.? Eddie we don't R. know your last name. How can we send the prize to you? Eddie, Screw are you going to get a prize? No. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, somebody else will get Eddie's prize because Eddie thought he was being a smartass by just putting the letter R for his last name. And just to get you back, Eddie, we're going to read your email and not give you the prize. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of pricks, eh? <laughs> when we want to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're a slime bucket, Eddie. Anyways, we, we love emails. I certainly do. I, I, I love getting emails, but when somebody like Eddie just puts R, then it is slime bucket time. Well, we should have a slime bucket segment where if you piss us off, we go, you're a slime bucket. So anyways, <laughs> but we do love your emails. <laughs> keep on sending. Just keep on sending them. Just don't piss us off or we're going to rail you on the show. Okay. And if you want a prize, you have to use a full name or handle. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't even tell us where he's from either. Stupid. Uh, nice guy. Eddie R. In, out in, in the web. No, and you know what? <laughs> uh, forget it. I won't say that one. Uh, okay, now the email. I'm excited because Rob never gets email, so this is cool that he has to answer. This question. is probably the only one. Or this may be the only one you ever. The get. only one ever. Yeah. And let's get it over with. So it says Eddie R says, "Hey guys." You know what? I'm going to use Ed, what I think is Eddie R's voice. <laughs> well, okay, that's how I always do. Okay, it. hey guys. I'm too stupid to put my last name, so I hope you don't mind that I put R. Sorry. Sorry, Eddie. Okay. Sounds like Eddie. Classic, that sounds like old Eddie. Classic Eddie. It does. Has Rob, has Rob ever been convicted 
or arrested for any sexual crimes against humans or animals? Humans or animals? <laughs> that is a broad question, sir. <clears throat> arrested? I'm glad you qualified it with that. Because arrested? Kind of convicted. <laughs> it has to be either convicted or arrested is okay, what you put okay. down here. <laughs> so you could be arrested but not convicted, okay? Well, what if I were to turn myself in? Then I could be convicted without this being arrested. That's a good arrested. question. You know what, Eddie? I like you, buddy. I'm sorry when I say you're a good guy. So have you... First of all, can I, can I, can I say something before you answer this? Because I know it could put you in legal trouble. Quit. But just because we have commented on this show publicly? that Rob, yes, publicly, because this show does go out into the public, idiot. Into the ether. Um, Rob, just because we have commented many times that Rob does look like an unreformed pedophile, does not mean that he is one. It's just that he looks like one. Now, there's a difference between being one and looking like one. And I swear to God, he looks like one like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> He looks so much like a pedophile that I'm actually even scared to come to this show a lot of times. But that doesn't mean that he is, all right? I just want to clear that up. Rob, if you could answer this question. I just want to say, you know, I was trying to get that mental picture of the, the, the Sammy Davis show without ever seeing it. Now, all it is is <laughs> trying to get a mental picture of a pedophile. <laughs> and I'll bet they're all different. <laughs> so, I'm the man of many faces. So Rob is saying that. It probably doesn't look like the average pedophile. <laughs> I am an exceptional pedophile. <laughs> so, yeah, I can tell you, it, he's, he's not. He hasn't been convicted for any sexual crimes Eddie? against it except himself. Eddie, yeah. I just want to say, <clears throat> around people, there are cameras. But out away from people, there are no cameras. And plenty of animals. Plenty. Geez, you lose viewers fast or listeners. You really do. Don't talk like longer I in long I sentences. Got, I believe I uh, avoided making my point. <laughs> okay. Do you want to tell the story about uh, when time. you're behind that jogger and she took the picture of you? Oh, that happens frequently. You, you, you mean the time when I was coming home from work? When you were coming home from work and you, yeah. were, uh, and you were walking home from work. And you're on your bike. I was riding my bike slowly across one of the city's park bicycle bridges. And there were a number of people on the bridge using it. It was a nice uh, afternoon. And uh, there was one particular lady who was jogging in front of me, probably about uh, 30, 40 yards up. And uh, I didn't feel the need to ride all that fast. It's a three-hour ride to work and back. You were taking it easy. Exactly. And uh, this young lady uh, noticed me, and uh, I believe she thought I was a threat, and uh, <laughs> took her uh, camera phone and put it up over her shoulder and made sure to get a picture of me <laughs> so that uh, after I raped and mutilated her, they would find her phone and uh, know the last picture there was uh, someone they should talk to. Pretty clever, isn't it? <laughs> you look like a sexual deviant. Is the is the moral of the story? If you look like a respectable citizen, she would not have taken your picture. <laughs> I tell you a story from this week. We got a contract at a building there, uh, uh, down the parkade, and uh, I uh, show up on time, uh, but I don't have access to the building. <clears throat> so you got this guy in uh, his, his old patch clothing uh, with a bicycle and a backpack, waiting for a half an hour or more. Uh, at the entrance to an apartment building parkade that he certainly does not look like he could afford to be able to live in. 
<laughs> Let me tell you, everybody stops to make sure that garage door closes. Just <laughs> the way you look. You know, people don't judge people by how they look. If they judged people by how they look, Rob would would be in prison right now with no chance of parole. Okay? All, all I'll say in rebuttal is go on judging. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, you're right. You know, we've been we're 25 minutes into the show and we have yet to talk about anything 70s like at all. <laughs> you know, let's do the whole show like this, then we'll get to the music next show. I don't know if I can even. Uh, I was going to do. Uh, I didn't write it down, but I did have in my memory. Of uh, doing a, a '70s memory, I don't know if we have time now. I'm trying to, people. I'm trying to cut this every week. <laughs> I try to cut this show down to 45, 50 minutes tops, and I never do it. No. And because once we get going, it's crazy. And there's just extra seconds with words in them. Yeah, and I got uh, I got some things at the end too that I have to say. You know what? I, again, I hate to do it. But we're going to leave 70s memories until I know what it is because I've been having it on my mind for like four weeks. <laughs> what the 70s. No, it's not a 70s memory. Actually, it's uh, it's a Gary's point of view. Oh, yeah. Okay. I look forward to hearing that potentially next week. Yeah, we'll do it next week for sure. He says, like he said, three other weeks. Gary's um, point of view, not this week. <laughs> Tune in next week, folks, when you may get Gary's point of view. So uh, this week's oh yeah, sorry. Well, I always have to remember. Remind me to do this all oh, the time. Oh, uh, the email address. Send the emails yeah, 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 yeah. to soundsfromthe70s at gmail.com. Now that's all one word. Sounds from the seventies, okay? Soundsfromthe70s at gmail.com, and don't put a freaking uh, letter at the end of your name put your actual name and we'll give you something well we may not depends on how we feel <laughs> yeah. but it varies from week to week you 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 will be embarrassed on our show if you just put like an l or an r like eddie did although i like eddie's questions so like, i'm sorry what i said guaranteed embarrassed guaranteed. rather than yes take just your put chances. your whole name and if you're a woman make this the question kind of sexy so yeah um, that's terrible. See, old Eddie R tried to make that do question. People, do people know that we're joking? Because I don't want to think that we're sexist. Because we're not. We're just joking Honestly, all the time. I'm unconcerned. Mm. Yeah, so am <laughs> I. I'm so I don't care. PC will. If you know they what? can't judge uh, what we mean by our demeanor and our manner, then uh, you got to go listen to something else. You know, another little diversion here before we get, before we talk talking about the <laughs> 70s is that... Uh, uh, when people go like this world is getting way too PC and oh this is too PC and this is too PC I say what the hell is wrong with a personal computer anyways <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one coming I, wasn't, I, I, I was know, expecting it's something not very else. funny it wasn't a good joke and I just thought of it at the last second sometimes it's better not to improvise so this week's album we are going to review and babble on about is the 1977 self-titled debut solo Ooh. album from R&B soul singer Teddy Pendergrass. Ooh, baby. Ooh, ba Ooh, why are you getting so close, baby? You know what's down there. So, <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, that was my bad Teddy Pendergrass. I have to tell you that uh, I there's a kind of a, a resurgence in Teddy Pendergrass as of late because there's the... Uh, was he in a movie? He got the Showtime. I think it's Showtime uh don't quote me on that but it's a documentary i've actually seen 
called Teddy Pendergrass, If You Don't Know Me, which is, uh, I had picked this album a long time ago, and I wanted to do Teddy Pendergrass even before the show was conceived, even before we did the first show, I should say. So I'm not, I'm not doing this because of the Teddy Pendergrass revival going on of his music, but uh, he was a, a figure from the late 70s that I remember quite often. He was a guy who was on various talk shows. Various. <laughs> see, you remember too. <laughs> he was on like Murph Griffin. That would have been Douglas. the place where I'd seen him. Yeah, so. that's the only place that, and I'd <clears> see him on like, uh, yeah, uh, Dinah, you know, the Dinah Shore show. I wouldn't hear him on the radio, but I might uh, hear him on the AM. No, on they radio. didn't play that. I, it's terrible to say, but we didn't. In our city, we didn't have that kind of R&B soul station. Yeah, come to think of it. No, so we didn't hear him on the radio, but I would see him. We would see him all the time on the talk shows, and I didn't like him. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you why that I didn't like him. First of all, of course, that kind of time I was into rock and like rock and roll deep and like punk rock and new wave and all that kind of stuff. And this is the exact opposite. And this is the you know the smooth Philly soul sound of of r&b which i and disco i mean he didn't really do disco but i kind of clumped all that in at the late 70s as as part of disco which i appreciate now definitely but didn't some, appreciate at the time definitely some disco elements to this album I yes heard, but i would not call this disco no but um, um, we'll get into that when i review the album uh, but you're right <clears throat> you're right and but at the time we kind of would clump any r&b soul into disco because um we just did if it wasn't if it kind of everything kind of clumped into disco if it wasn't rock and roll yeah they, i mean uh, they, the one radio station we had the am station there they'd uh, play anything top 40. right it wasn't like we had one radio station <laughs> we got a big city here but yeah. it was it was it, the one we listened to it's the one that everybody <laughs> the one who if you like all rock the kids and roll, listen to yeah, yeah. All, everybody listened to it and then we got another radio station and all of a sudden there's radio station everything went to, yeah, you didn't know what you were listening to exactly <laughs> all of a sudden you're listening to talk radio and you didn't even know you're <laughs> here you're waiting for the music so so i didn't like him and the reason i didn't like him is because he didn't exactly play the music that I was into at the time, even though I'm in, I'm appreciated a lot now, but also he was this damn good looking guy who sang really well. And he had this aura about him yeah, yeah. where he could get women at the drop of a hat. And I was jealous. His I was jealous. <laughs> of, of, of words is part of it. Yeah. But also the vocal style. I remember hearing uh, Eddie Murphy talk about the uh, 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 singer. I don't know who was Teddy Pendergrass, but he said, yeah, you'd scare the bitches into liking him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Teddy Pendergrass could like get women just by saying, hi, how's it going? That is a vocal mm -hmm. style he's got that uh, should not be compatible with uh, appealing to women, but yet... It's it, it, it somehow perfect. Oh, it drives me crazy. <laughs> it drives me like if you watch the documentary. Rob unfortunately hasn't seen it yet. It's, uh, but it's it's an amazing documentary on bringing us back to that time in the late seventies when he could sing, and literally women would be throwing their panties, <laughs> and bras and everything at him, because he was just he was amazing. He was like the Black Elvis. He was like great. Now I didn't like him because of that because I thought. 
I don't like a guy that's talented, gets all the women, yeah, yeah, looks yeah. handsome as hell. <laughs> you know, sometimes when 30 Helens agree, uh, they, they're all wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want my singers ugly. <laughs> I, want to have, I want them more like Johnny Rotten, you know what I mean, at that time. And uh, he, he was a very... At that time, he was a very arrogant person. He would go on like the Mike Douglas show and say, you know what, I got six gold albums. And I didn't like that either. And he admits that he was at that time. And uh, so I, I, I kind of put that off. And I'll get to how I changed my mind later about Teddy Pendergrass. But a little back knowledge on him. He was... Uh, What's the band he was in? Harold, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Great okay, band. Yeah. Great band, of course with one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite uh, soul songs, when they made real soul music with real musicians. Uh, if you don't know me by if now. You, you yeah, will yeah. never, 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 never. I've only ever heard the remake. That's not how it goes. Because <laughs> there's way too many. I'd like, I, like I said, I've only ever heard the remake, and I'd like to hear it with his voice. Oh, you got to hear the original, Rob. It's brilliant, <clears throat> brilliant. It's great. He's such a great singer. Like in the old tradition of soul singers, where they didn't overemphasize things, but you got the emotion from every word. Just brilliant. And no, I do that. get that impression from listening to him. Though. Yeah, he's a great singer. He is. He is an amazing singer. So he was in Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. And there's a whole thing about, like, he was the guy who sang almost all the lead vocals, and yet everybody would say, hey, Harold. It's like, I, hey, man, I'm not Harold. <laughs> like, Harold is the guy who started the band, and it doesn't. And so there was a lot of tension in the group. And finally, he left uh, in 1976 uh, because Harold got all the money, and the, the, the other members of the Blue Notes would get a salary. Which, okay. which was bullshit, of course, and he said that's enough. You can't keep a band together like that. No, you can't. You can't practically steal money from them. You can uh, maybe go on the tour one uh, one year, but uh, once you know that uh, there's this much money coming in and these guys are getting paid like that, well, even a musician can do better. And it was a tough. <laughs> these these Philadelphia musicians at the time, the the. The, the, the Philadelphia type of uh, R&B scene or, or black music scene was very tough. Uh, and he was, like Carol Melvin says, I'll kill you if you leave. <laughs> like, this was a tough scene. Like, Teddy's manager, who was a woman, was murdered because of, of jealousy about the time that he was starting out in his solo career. Uh, people were jealous, and so they decided to kill her. That's what they, nobody knows, really knows why, because nobody got caught, but that's the assumption. It was a very cutthroat industry, just like the uh, hip-hop and uh, industry became <laughs> in the early 90s and, and everything. It was very tough. You know, watching the documentary, I was amazed at how tough it was as far as, you know, you did the wrong thing and people will try and kill you. <laughs> but I love the Philadelphia sound, uh, started by Gamble and Huff, who are two of the greatest songwriters, pairings that have ever come across in music, and especially soul music. And the Philadelphia sound had, from like the 19, early 1970 to 1975, had, you know, the real instruments and the strings. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, man. The horns. The horns. A walk a walk a guitar. Great stuff. 
unfortunately, everybody got got kind of disco had an influence on everybody. And as you can yeah. tell, I'm, we're not reviewing right particularly now Teddy's solo album, which is I'll tell you right now, it's a great album. Artists wanted to uh, experiment, change with the times, and that's why yeah, the they, music started disco to get a little bit more everywhere. Yeah, became more synthetic get, and less real. You won't find any country disco. That's about it. No, exactly. <laughs> Everything was kind of disco in the late 70s at some point. Somebody tried disco, but Philadelphia International tried to, uh, the Philadelphia sound, tried to be more contemporary. And uh, soul music in general at R&B tried to be a little bit more contemporary, which means, you know, more synthetic strings, less real, less real emotion and and more like calculated uh things and that's why another reason why i wasn't too drawn oh to that. it starts to get charted out and uh, rather than uh, musicians uh going over and making up the parts exactly yeah that's exactly right that's exactly right i mean a good example is one of my favorite songs and a lot of people's favorite song from that philly era in the early 70s was you know me and mrs jones by billy paul yeah what a great song what a great vocal almost all emotion right yeah. And that was kind of taken off to the, the beat where it's so many bars and, and then you got to, I know we're getting a little bit off the topic, but it's really what I'm trying to express when, when Teddy started his solo career in 1977, it wasn't so much Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. It was more an amalgamation of old R&B soul with the, the new disco type of, yep. of, of sound. And I like that. With this album, anyways, yeah, it kind of works on this one. It works. <laughs> it actually works. Teddy is an amazing vocalist, and the songs are really good. And the, the production is not yet over the top. Uh, yes, synthetic exactly. Yet. Phony. Yeah. I was listening to the string parts in this, which I, I found to be the, the the thing that brought some of the faster songs towards the disco end of the spectrum. And, you know, normally you'd expect the string parts, okay, uh, the, the thing plays for four bars, so the strings play the same thing four times. A lot of this was uh, really sweeping, moving, it didn't play the same thing. Like, I, I'm trying to imagine the guy writing this, and he must have had a lot of fun. <laughs> I, you know, I, ha I have to agree with you. I, I felt a very sweeping, moving thing to this album as it, as it went. And there's a couple of real standouts. Like, even the songs, as I look at them, that aren't exactly stellar first-rate songs are still listenable yeah but there are a couple of songs that are just blew me out of the water one of these one of them is uh a very uh god-orientated song somebody told me which just the production blew me out of the water along with teddy's vocals um uh, another one is the whole town's laughing the whole town's me, laughing which was one brilliant. of my favorites didn't you think that that was such a great song <laughs> yeah almost a, his voice, you almost can't listen to it. You almost can't ignore it. Even if you're trying to do other stuff, uh, he has a, a vocal style. and a... See, I couldn't figure out if what he was saying was a sincerity or if it was a carefully constructed schmooze lines. I couldn't get a read. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? That's, a great, that's great what you said. Like, you can't ignore it. You can't yeah. just say, oh, that's just a bunch of, of noise or no, whatever. No, it's like, it's like I kind of have to find out what he's saying, what the song's about. And uh, so there are a couple of real, I Don't Love You Anymore is another song that uh, it, it was just, it was almost overpowering because of the beauty of the singing and the production 
which unfortunately in all R&B soul would start to corrode as the 80s, yeah. late 70s became the 80s, and then we got 80s production. And that and we have basically what you have now, which is teen singers singing R&B soul, but <laughs> it's not it's not anything like... <laughs> the early to mid seventies. It really, it, it really. Anybody, anybody that disputes that is not listening to top forty radio <laughs> right now. Maybe an old uh, heavy metal magazine I read. There was one particular story where a mad scientist was trying to build a rock monster. He had all the parts right. I think he had Jimi Hendrix's hands and Otis mm-hmm. Redding's voice. And but uh, oh no no, that's the thing. Igor had dropped Otis Redding's soul, and he had built a rock monster without a soul. <laughs> And he had called it Prance. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but yeah, that's what uh, it was becoming. Because I was listening to this album, the musicianship, uh, I'll give the uh, the rhythm section uh, either six stars out of five or 11 stars out of 10. I don't know which. <laughs> wow. Yes. I, I, I admit the, the, the musicianship, which would soon become <clears throat> extremely background and monotonous, yeah. is not here at this point. These guys, they had fire. They were uh, like, <laughs> yeah, they they actually played and they they played what they felt. And it, even though, of course, they had parameters, they still put yeah. in things that what they felt and um, the emotions that they felt. They're uh, just so great cool. album. I do I do want to get back to two points. One is like, well, why did you change your mind about Teddy Pendergrass? And obviously, it was because, and not just because he got into the motorized motors, not. Not motor vehicle accident that paralyzed him, but it was really the moment that I heard. I I remember listening to the radio the day that they had announced that Teddy had got into the motor vehicle accident and was paralyzed. And it's amazing because today, if you got into an accident like that, you probably wouldn't find out for two months that he was actually, they would hide it. You know, and then tell you like later on that he was paralyzed. They actually almost said it that day on the radio that he was paralyzed. Yeah, you can't use that actual language because uh, if you say a wrong thing, you can be sued. But back right. then, you had the freedom to say a wrong thing and then say, oops, uh, I made a mistake. Exactly. <laughs> so r- information actually, truthful information actually got out much faster back in those yeah. days. Um, and I actually... It kind of woke me up to like I was being I was being hard on him because he was so talented and that I wasn't that talented. I didn't look like him. I didn't sing like him. Some guys have all the luck. Exactly. And taking out my frustrations on him, and I had a newfound appreciation for his his old music. Now he did, and he did release a lot of music after he was paralyzed. And it did quite well on the R&B charts. Now, the thing we need to talk about, which is important in talking about Teddy Pendergrass, is, uh, I forgot. <laughs> it's that thing. It's it's <laughs> that thing. And this is the part where we would usually edit. But I had it on the tip of my tongue. It'll come back just, within a minute. <laughs> just forgot about it. Is uh, the, point, the point that was brought up that I had a real contention with in his new documentary was that he was going to be the the new Michael Jackson. He was going to be Michael Jackson before Michael Jackson if was If he had not be. had the accident, he would be... Yes, exactly. <clears throat> he would be the Marvin Gaye. He would be uh, taking uh, over from Marvin Gaye. He would be Michael Jackson before Michael Jackson. He would be Lionel Richie. And I, 
I don't believe that at all. And, and, and I'll tell you why. Is because one of the biggest reasons is that this may sound silly to some, but when these artists that or black artists that cross over into Stevie Wonder is another good example, who cross over into the white field, the white, the white uh, start to experiment with pop, with pop, pop. Now, I'm not saying that Teddy Pendergrass. We've we've spent the last 20 minutes talking about how talented Teddy Pendergrass is. But I did a lot of research, and you can tell a lot about the creativity and the the brilliance of a person by how they project themselves through their album covers, through yeah. their interviews, through who they connect with. And I think, Rob, will you agree with me on this? The album covers alone, uh, you can tell kind of when an album band has an idea and when they're just giving it an album cover and a title because it needs one. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so again, to some people, this may sound crazy, but it's not. If your album covers, like Teddy Pendergrass, are all, I'm just showing the picture of the first album cover, are all basically photos of photo you on the you. album cover, and every album cover, like let's say 15 albums that you've released, are just variant covers of yourself on a, on the front on the front it shows that you don't have and I'm sorry to say this but it shows that you don't have the imagination to cross over because you're just the album covers by Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye and even Michael Jackson are some of them are absolute works of art like they're yeah. they're works of art unto themselves and that shows that how creative and a mind that you have and that you're willing you're willing to break through walls who, of creativity. Who could possibly want endless photos of Teddy Pendergrass? What consumer? That exactly my point, Rob. <laughs> He's going after the same audience <clears throat> over and over for the rest of his career <clears throat> until he died. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't tell me he's going to be the next Stevie Wonder or he's going to be the next Marvin Gaye or he's going to be Michael Jackson before Michael Jackson yeah. because his thinking is not like that. If you have a cover of – if every album cover you have is you on the cover just in different poses, I can tell you what kind of artist you're going to be. I swear to God, I can tell you what kind of artist you are, which is you may be very gifted vocalist. But you're just not in that upper echelon vein of uh, a Michael Jackson or a Stevie Wonder or a Marvin Gaye. You're just not there because you're not thinking about album covers. You're because you know if you put yourself on the album cover, you can sell to the people that you want to. Yeah. Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder especially made out made these incredible album covers that could have actually lost listeners because they were too experimental. They were too experimental, too creative. Exactly, Rob. But they didn't because they had a vision. And I don't think, and again, I'm not knocking Teddy Pettigrass. I just don't think he had the vision to cross over into what white audiences thought of, which was we like really creative covers. And we don't like to see anybody. Because if we see people on a cover, like a Barry Manilow, that's who we think of that artist as like, if you're going to put yourself on a cover, just your photo time after time after time in lush settings, yep. <clears throat> then we're going to think of you as a soft artist that we don't take seriously. 
That's why Teddy Pendergrass, to me, would never have crossed over and would have stayed a, a huge black artist, black soul artist, and not into that other realm of crossing over into all fields. Yeah, and uh, judging from this album, that's exactly what it is for the album cover because uh, uh, the music and uh, the order of the songs, I thought this album was put together really well. You um, throw down the needle on the first song, you can't hide from yourself. And that's the kind of thing uh, that would start a party. Yeah. This is uh, the act of music. Uh, I, I, I think in my case, uh, if if I had a, a party and I, I knew that there were there were there were women coming and I wanted to get them in the mood for some loving, this is the album I'd play. That's exactly right. <laughs> and that's what his other albums are like. I can't buy this album because of the cover. Yes. Because I can't walk to the shopping mall. White, have uh, people. white people. This is true. <laughs> At least it was true of white people in the late 70s or the early 80s. You're not going to buy an album that has, if you're a rock and roll fan or you're a pop fan, like a, he not, was not a casual pop fan. this as a, a, a sexual, uh, the, the album cover, that's designed cool. to appeal yes. to uh, women's sense of, that's a good looking fella. That's a women's a woman's album cover, and if 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 anybody you just yes. would, would go on the internet and look at his, all of his album covers, you would say that's a woman's album cover, exactly and I can't buy this album. What I found about the lyrical content as well—that's yes. the one thing. I mean, uh, the voice is great. He can do ballads. Uh, he can sing hard, uh, even when he's doing poetry. Amazing. <laughs> but. This is what but he's the good at. the things he's singing about, and the, the, I know he's uh, targeting a person who's not me when he says, uh, I just need somebody to hold my hand. I was thinking, well, uh, geez, Daddy, uh, I could hold your hand. And, uh, <laughs> I got a mental picture of it and thought, no, that's not right. I think Teddy would be happier if there were a lady holding his hand. You know what? That, that says it all. That says it all right there is he's not targeting. He's tar In fact, he's targeting he 50% of the population. Women. And he's and he's alienating. And he's good at it. No two ways about it. I salute you, sir. He's, he <laughs> is. He deserves all the accolades he can. But if you tell me that he's going to cross over, I'm yeah. saying I'm sorry. Yeah. He wouldn't. He would not have. Just because he had an accident does not mean that his musical gifts were diminished. Because he made seven or eight albums after his accident, and none of them crossed over. And there's a reason he did what he did extremely well. But he kept on, he kept on that way. He wasn't creative enough to to know what the white audiences wanted to listen to. Yeah, to get away from that fifty percent of the audience and look for a hundred percent of an audience. Right. Which, you know, honestly, there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's a thing he liked doing and was good at doing. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And he did what it we're well. saying is, don't try and give us the bullshit about how he could have been the biggest crossover <laughs> artist. In the world, and that's what you're yes. basically saying when you're saying you can sell as many albums as Michael Jackson, then then you're putting yourself up to criticism because if you're going to make that statement, I got I got I got proof from my point of view saying I don't think so. But it makes for good uh, watching or listening when you're watching a documentary on him. It makes for enticing. What if? What if? But I'm sorry, it wouldn't have worked. I love Teddy Pendergrass, and I didn't like him in the 70s. I appreciate him so much now. He's actually one of my favorite soul and R&B vocalists now, and I love this album. And I just want to, I don't want to end on that bad note of, of saying that, criticizing him for not being able to cross over. I want to end on a good note by saying, if you love R&B and soul, please buy this record, because <laughs> it's excellent. 
it's a really well put together album it starts great it finishes great uh the the, the songs i could actually judge where side one and side two are and i kind of listen to it like that like okay what if i'm playing the vinyl really well put together great 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 album like i was going to say greatly album put together but great it is it's an album that is well thought of when they put it together and yeah. they put it together extremely well they knew what song would follow which song yeah to make it I mean, work the first one the party starts uh, things are jumping and it kind of comes down a bit and uh you can like sit down and have a drink and talk to the ladies and if you look <laughs> if you look at if you look at uh music sites and look at his other albums they get almost as high ratings as this one so his catalog up until his accident is stellar <laughs> but uh no i don't want to go into the butt about it being crossover his work is stellar as an r&b soul artist he never really flagged of course until he had to overcome you know having to learn how to sing again with his voice after the accident yeah i mean uh, the, you're paralyzed neck down how does the diaphragm uh, right which is a lot about what the documentary was about how he had to learn to sing because they told him he couldn't sing because of his diaphragm and everything um and he did a good job singing he never really obviously came to the heights that he did musically like he did before the accident but if you like r&b soul at all listen to teddy pendergrass and by god listen to harold, harold melvin and the blue notes because 1970s early 1970s to mid 1970s soul music is mind-blowing it was actually <laughs> uh you had the other guys who were really good yeah okay <laughs> you're gonna say more but no, <laughs> i was just going to reflect a moment okay now again we're over time <laughs> it's not a 45 minute show again uh we have before we leave uh we should point out uh that we are looking for new sponsors for the show because it seems that the butcher brothers were not amused that we lost their commercial in the first place last week that they sent to us and that they also that we're not appreciative that we tried to do our own Butcher Brothers commercial. <laughs> what if they put on a big reel-to-reel -reel tape? <laughs> we wouldn't lose it, but they put on those little tiny things. Well, and they gave it to Uptown Mike, and that's always a mystery. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, they mm. felt that we were making fun of them, which we were. And uh, and it... it, it and that's a bad Even thing. though that they were correct and that we were making fun of them, it was still a terrible accusation to make. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they were right, what a terrible thing to do! If they, um, they, they told us we weren't to make fun of them. We 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 still would have. <laughs> we want their money. We don't really like them, but we would like their money. But I don't think they're coming back. So any potential sponsors, yeah. please get in touch with us at uptownmike at idiotstick.com. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I got. Is that uh, any spaces? Any capitals? Just kidding. Uh, just call Mike and he'll do that voodoo that he does and uh can um, we see if we can get that particular uh, web address uptown <laughs> mike at idiot stick if you and if you actually did email that nothing would come up but it would be funny okay so are you kidding that's a home for our potential uh, advertisers <laughs> no impersonations this week oh my god rob we're out of time oh, we can't do any impersonations this week in fact i'm going to say that every damn week because i hate that segment but seriously, we have no time for impersonations this week because we're out of time. So everybody, thank you. See you next week.